Wonderful, wonderful. Good morning, and welcome to the press. I say good morning. Good morning. Okay, there it is. Uh, welcome to the Presbyterian Church of the Covenant. My name is Reverend Jason Warren Griffiths. I am so glad you're here, and along with the team, we're glad you're here. We're one member down. Amy was uh, doing a memorial for her parents, and she's uh, she's with family and praising God and uh, loving that time, um, but. Remember to lift her up and her whole family. Um, I got a couple announcements. What are they? Let's see. There's some flyers in here that'll help you. There's an outdoor movie coming up, and it will be September 11th at 7:30 p.m. And then the movie will promptly start at 8 because that's when the sun will go down because it'll be outside. That's why outdoor. Okay. There's that. And then September 5th, it's coming up quick. We're having an all-church picnic, and there's all the instructions you need on this little yellow sheet. Uh, For the podcast listeners at home, I'd like to say welcome also to them and say this is Sunday, August 22nd, 2021. It feels like we've already greeted each other, which is good, Um, but... Let's still look around a little bit, see if there's somebody here that you can not wink at, because we found out that's kind of creepy, uh, <laughs> but just to say hi to, yeah. And as people keep trickling in, I don't know about you, but... I woke up just praising God we don't have to do that drive-in movie theater thing, the drive-in service anymore. And I don't have to show up a couple hours early to set up all these things. Um, but I don't want to forget that, you know. I don't want to forget the, the, that huge truth that we learned that this place isn't the church. We are the church, Right? And now we're back inside and let that joy trickle back in. Um, All that being said, if you feel uncomfortable um, not wearing a mask, feel free to wear a mask. And we continue to pray for our country as it goes through this. It's nuts. I just watched a television show the other day and it brought up the fact that, remember when it first started, it was going to be two weeks? Yep. And it was just, wow. That truth hit me again. We're in the middle of a time that hasn't ever happened before. And that's, we're, we're learning. She can't hear me. Can you get one of those little things? We have these little hearing assistants things that you plug into one of your ears and it boosts my volume. Um, 
Do we have any left, Philip? Okay. Okay, maybe I'll just sit next to you. Should I just sit next to you? Maybe, I don't know. I'm Jason, by the way. I'm really glad you're here. That smile, that smile makes it worth it. Excellent. Remember, this teaches me once again. It's us. It's us, right? We're only as strong as the most hurt person today. And we can only get as happy as the most joy-filled person today. Let's stand, and I'm going to call us to worship using a psalm that we're going to sing later in the service. It's Psalm 84, verses 10 and 11. For just one day of intimacy with you is like a thousand days of joy rolled into one. I'd rather stand at the threshold in front of the beautiful gate ready to go in and worship my God than to live my life without you in the most beautiful palace of the wicked. For the Lord God is brighter than the brilliance of the sun. Wrapping himself around me like a shield, he is so generous with his gifts, grace, and glory. Those who walk along his paths with integrity will never lack one thing they need, for he provides it all. Let's worship the Lord singing, what a friend we have in Jesus.
this time, all children are welcome to come forward for today's children's message. And I have something attached to me today. Good morning. Okay. So people today are very concerned about having clean hands, right? We're seeing it everywhere we go. Many people carry packages of wipes or hand sanitizer to help keep our hands clean because keeping them clean is good, right? Yes. So, the Bible tells about some Pharisees who came to Jesus. They like to be bossy about the rules. We notice that some of your disciples are eating without washing their hands, they told Jesus. Why don't they follow our tradition of washing their hands before they eat? And Jesus responded, you bunch of sillies. Isaiah must have been talking about when it was said. He didn't probably actually say sillies, but you know. (laughs) For the children's sake. (laughs) Um, You must have been talking about when it was said, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Jesus called the people to gather around. All of you listen. It's not what goes into your body that makes you unclean. It is the bad words that come out of your mouth. Out of your hearts come evil thoughts, greed, cheating, and envy. This is what makes you unclean. The Pharisees were more worried about having clean hands than they were about having a clean heart. Are we any different? We work hard to keep our hands clean, but do we guard our hearts against evil thoughts? Clean hands or clean heart, which to you is more important? Pray with me. God, forgive us for our unclean thoughts. Create in us clean hearts to honor you. In Jesus' name, amen. At this time, all children and youth are dismissed to Sunday school. When we pass through deep waters or go through times of fiery trial, the Lord our God is with us. With confidence in God, our Creator and Redeemer, let us together confess our sin. Eternal God, our Judge and Redeemer, we confess that we have tried to hide from you, for we have done wrong. We have lived for ourselves and apart from you. We have turned from neighbors and refuse to bear the burdens of others. We have ignored the pain of the world and passed by the hungry, the poor, and the oppressed. In your great mercy, forgive our sins and free us from selfishness, that we may choose your will and obey your commandments. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Our righteousness is found in Christ alone, a gift of God by faith. Beloved people of God, believe the good news. Through the grace of Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Amen.
Author of salvation 
cross and conquer the grave. Jesus conquered the grave. He can move the mountains. Our God is mighty to save. He is mighty.
It's going to be good when we first enter into his presence and we understand it, right? It's going to be good. Is anybody still awake? Okay, good. That's good. Just to check. Uh, We're in a series on Esther and we're about towards the end. And uh, 
just to sum up for everybody that's missed or hasn't been paying attention or fell asleep. Hey, Mark, that was weird. That was weird. Why were you staring at me like that? Okay. Okay. Um, Esther shows up on this ugly scene, this R-rated scene that is King Xerxes. Um, We find out Esther's beautiful. And the foundation of her beauty is goodness. And her uncle Mordecai, who's raised her as his own daughter. Last week we met the bad guy, Haman. And in the and in the story, Haman has just convinced King Xerxes to kill all the Jews. I'm going to read Esther chapter 4, verses 1 through 3, and then I added some. So um, I'm going to read actually 11 through 17. And I think what's up there is 12 through 16. So for the first part, listen. And for the last part, listen. Okay. When Mordecai learned all that had been done... Mordecai tore his clothes and put on sackcloth and ashes and went through the city wailing with a loud and bitter cry. He went up to the entrance of the king's gate, for no one might enter the king's gate clothed with sackcloth. In every province, wherever the king's command and his decree came, There was great mourning among the Jews, with fasting and weeping and lamenting. And most of them lay in sackcloth and ashes. I'm going to skip down to all the king's servants and the people of the king's provinces know that if any man or woman goes to the king inside the inner court without being called, there is but one law. All alike are to be put to death. Only if the king holds out the gold scepter to someone, may that person live. I myself have not been called to come to the king for 30 days. And that's Esther speaking. When they told Mordecai what Esther had said, Mordecai told them to reply to Esther, Do not think that in the king's palace you will escape any more than all the other Jews. For if you keep silence at such a time as this, relief and deliverance will rise for the Jews from another quarter. But you and your father's family will perish. Who knows? Perhaps you have come to royal dignity for such a time as this. Then Esther said in reply to Mordecai, Go, gather all the Jews to be found in Susa and hold a fast on my behalf and neither eat nor drink for three days, night or day. I and my maids will also fast as you do. After that, I will go to the king, though it is against the law, and if I perish, I perish. Mordecai then went away and did everything as Esther 
had ordered him. This is the word of the Lord. I have a little brother, and most of you have met him. Uh, He's 17 years younger than me. His name's Andrew. He's a cooler version of me. Cooler, skinnier version, tatted version of me. Uh, And I I think it was when I had moved home to save up money to marry this little firecracker. Uh, And so I was living at home, and my, my little brother was like a toddler. You know, and he had just learned how to draw his own bath. That's a weird fact, but it'll come back. I was a youth intern down at St. Andrews. Actually, I was a college intern down at St. Andrews in Newport Beach and living in Orange. And a lot of times I would have youth events late into the night and I would get home. It'd be like midnight and it'd take me a while to wind down and I'd be up till like one or two. And, you know, uh, it was one of those nights it was at like 2 in the morning, and I'm watching something on TV, and upstairs I hear a... And I'm like, I think somebody's taking a bath. Why is somebody taking a bath at 2 in the morning? And I go upstairs, and it's my little brother, and he somehow thinks it's morning time, and he's drawing himself a bath. And I'm like, Andrew, Andrew, snap out of it. It's the middle of the night. Go back to bed. I turn off the bath and go. Um, I tell that story because how many of you in here, how many people in here don't remember driving here? (laughs) You've made that drive so many times, your just mind checks out and you have habit. We are habit-driven people, Right? How many of you haven't changed seats in, let's say, five years? <laughs> you know, if we could do a, like a contest if we wanted to. Uh, we're habit people, right? We find out in this text that Esther and Mordecai are habit people too. And their habits are holy. King Haman... Or, Haman has just convinced the king to kill every Jew. They don't panic. You see a depth in Esther especially, but in both of them, that is impressive. What do they do? They mourn. They have soft hearts. They fast. So holy habits. Then we look at the uncle. Mordecai knows what's coming before Esther does, even though Esther is married to the king. Who in here has a wise friend? Wise uncle. A wise uncle or a wise friend or a wise person that seems to see around corners, right? I'm looking at a couple of them right here. My wife is one of them. Dr. Erlinda Martinez is one of them. I remember when this COVID thing hit and everybody was saying this is going to be two weeks. 
My wife said, nope, and she used harsher words than that. <laughs> she said, she, anyway, I won't throw her under the bus, but she said, no, that's not, it's not going to be two weeks. Hold on to your hats and glasses. I remember numerous occasions. I wanted to open up the church and give everybody a sloppy wet kiss, and her Linda's like, no, you can't touch people right now. There's a pandemic going on. We need wise folk in our lives. And if you don't have any, you need to become wise. And I think that call call goes out to all of us. How do you grow close to... How do you... I spilled it. (laughs) How do you become wise? You grow close to God. Right? Um... I noticed, I said earlier, you see this depth of Esther's holy habits, and she's more expressive. Notice this, this unique attribute of this book shows its head once again. What is missing when they find out this terrible news that all the Jews are, are going to be killed? What's, what's larger than life that should probably be in there? Prayer. Right? There's no prayer mentioned. Like I said earlier when I was introducing the book, God's name isn't mentioned in this. This is so narrative-driven, so character-driven. And that's a part of, like... That's a part of the message. Have you ever, have I said ever, have ever said the phrase, medium is message? Means the way something is said says something, right? This space, this is part of the message of this church is found in this place. The medium in which we, we, we meet in, you know, this space, the Cornell on the organ. We got contemporary worship on the on the on the band. The way that we conduct a worship says a service says something about the God we're worshiping. Likewise, Esther, and I just put this together. Esther's living out the kingdom of God. She's not second Exodus because it's like she, it's not New Testament times. She's first Exodus person. She's living out the words that Jesus says on the Sermon on the Mount. It's not about what you say. It's not actually even about what you do. It's about your heart. Are you following? We see this character, Esther, this amazing woman of God, and she's not really saying all the Christianese or the Jewishese. I don't know if that's even a thing. I've never heard anybody say that. I probably shouldn't say that. But she's not saying all the lingo. She's not doing all, or saying all the right things, but she's doing everything right, which points to it like an inside that's totally other than this place. Or the circumstance that she's in. 
She's basically saying, what better place than here? What better time than now? I am going to stand up for the God that I believe in. Applications. First of them. Holy habits. When's the last time you fasted? When's the last time you've been confronted with a problem and your first instinct was not to stand up and become bigger than that problem, but to get lower and humble yourselves and mourn? We're we're called to be humble servants. We lead and we win by laying down. Our weapons are talking to our, to our God, letting the Holy Spirit flow through us, clinging to Him and Him alone and letting go of all of earthly things. Those are the holy habits. That's how you practice your offense. Application number two. Nike stole our slogan. Just do it. Stop beating around the bush and just do it. Live it out. And I want to say, I am humbled. by the fact that you guys just do it. This congregation is a congregation of people that don't necessarily all have the right words. And they don't talk the right talk. And we step all over each other's toes. And we, we get in, you know, we, we're a mess, right? <laughs> Can we, I get a loud amen. amen? Amen, we're a mess. But you do it. You show up and you do it. One of the loudest statements that you are that way is Jesus says, if you want to know where somebody's heart is, where do you look? Their wallet. Their money. What they do with their money. I was notified on Wednesday, Tuesday, Tuesday, that over the past two weeks, our tithes and offerings at this local outpost of God's kingdom was forty-two thousand seven hundred eighty and twenty-five cents. That twenty-five cents would get me. Anyway, you round of applause, yes. But also, take that back onto yourselves. I don't want you to get big heads and get all cocky, but I also want you to realize. That's really what it's about. Doing it. And then that, that word of encouragement, right when, right when she says, if I stand up and I get mowed down, I get killed, I know God's going to come in some other way. Last but not least, worship. Worship. 
you apply from this text, there is a God bigger than every single problem that can be thrown at him. God is bigger than COVID. God is bigger than what's going on in Afghanistan. It breaks his heart, but he's bigger. God is bigger than the, than the earthquakes hitting Haiti. God is bigger than the storms that are hitting you and I. Hide in the truth that now is the time not to stand up, puff up, and say, I'm here, but to lay down and grab the ankles of the God that's got it. The victory's won. The, the battle's been done. It's sealed. It's done. He won. Amen.
wife says I need to clarify, when I said just do it, I wasn't calling everybody to give money. <laughs> Did anybody hear that? I, that, I don't know. Maybe I've crunched those stories too close together. I meant to say just do it, meaning walk out your walk. Sing praises to the God that's carried you through. Um, tithing is a piece of it. But it's just a small piece of it. Living out what God has called you to do is what I was saying. Just do it. Did everybody catch that? <laughs> okay, good. Okay. Anyway, hopefully you guys know me better than that. But anyway, um, now it's part of the service where we continue to, to worship him. We offer uh, his tithes and our offerings. And... Um, this morning's offering and tithes are now received. If you're listening at home at, on the podcast, you, you mail your gifts to Presbyterian Church of the Covenant, P.O. Box 2128, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And if you're here, there will be an offering plate um, at the station, and you leave them there. This morning's offerings and tithes are now received.
that wonderful, wonderful message. Jeremiah 29 tells us, For surely I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for your welfare, not harm, to give you a future with hope. Then when you call upon me and come and pray to me, I will hear you. With that promise in our minds, let us now go to God in prayer. Almighty God, in Jesus Christ, you taught us to pray. Guide us by your Holy Spirit that our prayers may serve your will and show your steadfast love through the same Jesus Christ, our Lord. Remember your church in this place, set in this community to light the way to your grace and truth. Open our eyes to see how you would have us minister to the people in this neighborhood. Mighty God, sovereign over the nations, direct those who make, administer, and judge our laws, our president, and others in authority, that guided by your wisdom, they may lead us in the way of righteousness. In a world where there is one crisis situation after another, we pray for wise leadership and decisions made for the common good. Give all in authority the wisdom and strength to know your will and do it. O God, we bring before you the disunity of today's world, the violence and wars which are breaking the courage of the world. It is with shock and dismay that we watch the happenings in Afghanistan as people try to escape the new Taliban leadership. We pray for the safety of the American citizens who are being evacuated. We pray that this country can continue on their own using the guidance they have received for the past 20 years. We pray for the innocent people. We pray for the country of Haiti as they try to recover from the major earthquake and storms. Help the people who must feel so discouraged having gone through this only 10 years ago. Send help to where it is needed. Bring food, clothing, water, and shelter to those in need. Fill us with your Holy Spirit that we may bear each other's burdens. Fires have been burning for so many weeks now, they are almost old news. But for those fighting the fires and for those whose homes and lives are threatened, they are most crucial. We ask your protection over the firefighters and the residents of communities threatened by fire. Bring about conditions that will slow the blazes, we pray. God of compassion, bless us and those we love, our friends and families, that drawing close to you, we may be drawn closer to each other. Your Son gives rest to those weary with heavy burdens. Heal the sick in body, mind, and spirit. 
Lift up the depressed. Befriend those who grieve. Comfort the anxious. Stand with all victims of abuse and violence. Uphold all those who live with addictions. So many of our church family needs prayer for healing, for test results, for protection from falls and injury, for chronic conditions that wear them physically and mentally, and from COVID. We bring them before you today and ask you to touch and heal as you know they have need. We pray for Phyllis Smith, who is under hospice care now, that she may be comfortable and may be at peace. We pray for her family and friends as they walk this journey with her. We pray for James Ernest and others afflicted with COVID, that they may heal quickly with no lingering effects. And we pray that COVID may be brought under control. We pray for Karen Almanza and others suffering with chronic and painful conditions. We pray that medical care can bring them relief and that you can bring healing to them. We pray for those who are suffering from bodies growing older and not working as they want. Protect them, we pray. We pray for all who are grieving and remembering loved ones who have gone to their heavenly home. Comfort them. Receive all these prayers in the tenderness of your mighty hand, and keep us forever in the safety of your outstretched arms, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. And now I invite you to stand to sing our final hymn, O Jesus, I Have Promised.
May God's face shine upon you. May the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit guard and keep you. And may the peace of Christ, which transcends all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds today, tomorrow, and forevermore. May it be so. Amen.